Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Emma. Today, I want to talk about something that a lot of people have been noticing lately, and it's that stuff is getting way more expensive. Um, I, I thought of this topic because it's something that's actually pretty close to home. My husband and, and me, one of our favorite things to make is grilled steak. And mm. when we go to the grocery store and we buy our steaks, we have actually noticed that in the last year, year and a half, steak has gotten way more expensive. So Brittany, I don't know if you have like a favorite item that you've noticed get more expensive, but these steaks have gone from about $10 each to like $20 each because there's a specific cut that I really like to make on the grill. Which one? It's a skirt steak. I like Mm. to marinate it and put it on the grill. I have a sauce that I serve with it. And I have just noticed like it is getting so, so much more expensive than it compared to what it used to be. So I don't know if you have an item or maybe something that you buy regularly that you've noticed the price has gone up in maybe the last year. So I shop at Whole Foods, so everything I buy is overpriced. Uh, yes. <laughs> I love it. Whole paycheck. Right. <laughs> so this is not, this is funny. This is not one of my favorite foods, but this is just an experiment I've actually been doing since I was in college. So, you know, when you're in college, you eat very poorly because you have no money. Yes. So I ate boxed mac and cheese more than I am even comfortable admitting. But here's something interesting. So when I graduated high school in 2004, that box of macaroni and cheese was 49 to 50 cents. Now, I don't buy mac and cheese anymore, but I walked past an aisle at the store and it was like $2 and something. And I'm thinking like, wait a second. Yeah. Trust me, it has not gotten any better. No. Um, But like- (laughs) Probably worse. Right? And and over the past year, even even more so. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's crazy to me. And I think since COVID, especially, I've I've seen the prices just start to skyrocket. Totally. And and cost of living in general is way, way higher than it used to be. Like even 10 years ago, you talk about 2004. That's what? Uh, 18? Too long. Yeah, we, yeah. Don't need, we don't need to do that. <laughs> okay. All right. It's almost a couple decades ago. So that's that's not too far in the past. But when you go like 50 years in the past, you can really see the difference between um, cost of living and just certain things. Like if you'd go to the store, people would maybe pay $20 for all the groceries that they would need for a whole week. And you see this across the board too, where handmade clothing used to be like a couple dollars for each article of clothing. Like maybe you'd pay $5 for a really, really nice shirt from the Sears catalog. Like that's what my grandma always talks about is you would order things from the catalog and they would all be really good quality. And the quality of things for for a lot of things, I'm not going to say for everything because there are certain things where quality has gone way up from innovation and cost has gone down. Um, but the interesting thing about that is it's it's not across the board. There are a lot of things where quality has actually gone down over time and cost has gone up. And um, this is a super complicated issue. And Brittany and I in, in 15 minutes are not going to be able to explain all of it. But I do want to talk about the big reason why um, why the cost of living has gone up so much over the last few decades. And the big reason here is inflation. Which are which our, our listeners, I almost called them learners, listeners have heard us say a few totally. times, we're big yeah. inflation talkers. We don't like it, but. We don't like inflation. Inflation is, is our boogeyman, but that makes it sound fake. It's very real. Inflation is a real thing. Um, but Brittany, do you want to talk a little bit just about the idea of inflation and just do a quick refresher on what it is? 
Yeah, so I know that for the most part, when we talk about this with with our audience, we've talked about you know the creature from Jekyll Island, and mm-hmm. and there's the great Tuttle Twins book where the grandpa talks about movie tickets and how they used to be you know fifty cents and now it's like eight dollars, mm-hmm. but inflation is when the government prints more money and it's not backed by anything valuable. So we talk about you know it's like watering down the dollar; it steals from people who are saving their money. And the Tuttle Twins book, we we talk about this, right? Remember, yeah. Grandma and Grandpa's retirement. Or the money they saved isn't going to get them as far as they thought because the money is being, uh, you know, it's being devalued. So the government is essentially robbing people who work hard and save. And again, with older people who've saved and then retired, that's really problematic because what their yeah. dollar could buy when they started saving is not going to buy what it can now that they're retired. Exactly. And this is something that has been a huge problem for the baby boomer generation, which basically yes. means someone who was born right after World War II. Um, and and my grandparents are in this generation, and I know that a lot of people who are that age have had um, have had real problems with their savings that they they were working on saving up over the years. They have just been hit super super hard by inflation um, compared to other generations before them, and they they're having a tough time right now because stuff is so much more expensive than it was when they were working and when they were saving up for their retirement and calculating how much they would need. Now things are so much more expensive. That money that they saved up and were planning on using is now, you know, it doesn't even get them half of what they thought it would. So that's why we say it's stealing from people. It really is stealing from people. And the reason why a lot of the times we print this money, um, the printing press is going 24-7. I don't know. I don't know if anyone knew that already, but it is always running. Um, There are a few places where money is printed in America. And they're 24-7 printing more and more dollar bills because they can't even keep up with the amount of money that they want to pump into the system. So usually when they fire up the presses, you know, have them going extra fast and printing extra money, it's to pay for programs that claim to do things like helping the poor and fixing our infrastructure, which is, you know, That's our like roads keyword and bridges. For and, anything <laughs> they want it to be. Now infrastructure just means whatever. But yep. yeah, um, they... they throw around these words like we're going to fix inequality and we're going to do the American rescue plan. That's one that President Biden has been pushing a lot recently. And when you actually read into these plans, basically they're they're trying to engineer the economy to, you know, help people who are in an unfortunate situation or maybe subsidize, we've talked a lot about subsidies, subsidize certain activities or subs- subsidize things like healthcare or childcare or education. Um, and that's another thing that really starts to interfere with the free market is when people get into or governments get into these subsidies, they're basically picking and choosing winners and losers. And we can get into this more in a little bit, but that allows that does not allow the free market to work when you have the government choosing you know, what industries are going to get subsidies. And that a lot of the times is what makes certain things way more expensive. Um, but when the government is firing up, you know, firing up the printing presses, they're they're printing more and more money and and watering down all of our dollars. They do it for these these nice sounding reasons, and a lot of people just never really stop to ask where is that money coming from. Um, a lot of it comes from tax dollars for sure, but the government doesn't even tax us enough to pay for all of these programs. It a we don't lot think of they should tax us more for the no, record. <laughs> absolutely not. No taxation is theft all yes. day, but. 
the government doesn't even tax us enough to pay for all of this. They rely on us printing more and more money. Yep. And the problem is this money is not backed up like by anything valuable, like Brittany said. And that that that's what we call fiat currency, where it has no real value to it. So it's unfortunate because the same products that you would be buying, like a box of mac and cheese or a shirt or whatever it might be, a piece of steak, that product is not getting any more valuable, but you need more and more of the same currency to buy it. And that's that's why we say watering down the dollar. It's like if you had a big a big you know, glass of lemonade and you have a certain concentration of lemon juice and sugar and water, and then someone comes in and dumps a bunch of extra water in your lemonade, mm-hmm. it's not going to be worth as much. It's not going to do the same thing. Oh, you're absolutely right. And, you know, a lot of our listeners have lemonade stands, so that's a really good way to uh, <laughs> to lose <laughs> your, your customers. But there's another problem called hyperinflation. And Connor and I had touched on this briefly before, but there was something called the Weimar Republic in Germany. And this was in between World War One and World War Two, mm-hmm. and they were devaluing and watering down their dollar, their version of the dollar. So, what was it called? A uh, something mark. Goodness, I could. I, I can't remember. Tell you. Yeah. I will put it in the show notes. But yeah. basically, the inflation got so bad that families would bring a wheelbarrow full of money, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't even buy them like a loaf of bread. Like it was that bad. It actually reminds me. So I know that they rebooted Ducktales, but back in my day, the original good Ducktales. <laughs> There was an episode where there's a lesson about this because one of the scientists gives the boys a gun where they can shoot it at something and it duplicates it. But mm. every time it duplicates it, it takes something away from something else. And it's it doesn't mean to be a really good lesson in inflation, but it's actually a really good lesson yeah. in inflation because the more they keep duplicating their toys, like the less good their toy. Like it's a great lesson. I'll I'll link to the clip in there. I think Connor and I talked about it before, but so it just goes to show you when you water the water down and it's or water, I'm sorry, <laughs> the money down and it's not backed up by anything, it becomes useless. Like imagine yeah. a wheelbarrow of money being useless. Yeah. It's it's crazy to think about. And I know that sounds probably pretty far fetched. It sounds like, oh, that's a crazy thing you'd read about in a history book. But this is this is very much a real thing. Um, this this is what happened in Venezuela before yes. before the country really went south and people were like scrounging for food to eat and like before the country really really went down a bad road. Um, inflation was sort of the first sign that things were going bad and people you know you would have all of this money and the money wasn't worth anything because there was nothing to back it up. So people would start trading like cell phone chargers and batteries and you know you'd get in a taxi and it would be like, oh, I have three eggs. Can you take me to this part of town where people start bartering because the money is just completely worthless. So thankfully, we are not there yet, but that is a very real risk that we are that we're posing as a country when we basically take away the value of money and we disconnect it from value. So that's that's kind of the inflation part of it. But I've also talked about subsidies And I want to quickly talk about, um, we don't have a ton of time here, but I want to talk about the cost of college. And this is something that we've talked about a lot before, um, why college might not be the best idea for everyone and and why you should think through taking out loans before you take them out. Um, But back in the 70s, a lot of people didn't even need loans to pay for college. And a lot of people would argue that a college education was actually worth more back then because of, you know, what these people were learning. It was a lot of valuable information and it was specialized skills. But 
in the 70s, the federal government decided, and this this is the exact same kind of thing as the American Rescue Plan. It's a nice sounding plan that was not thought through properly. They decided to subsidize college by basically guaranteeing that anyone who wanted to go to college would be able to qualify for a loan from the government. And they thought that this would make college more affordable for everyone and that it would knock down barriers and allow more people to go to college. But that's not actually what happened. In fact, it was the complete opposite. And yeah. Oh, sorry. Go sorry. On. Sorry. No, it's OK. It's OK. I was just going to say that the cost of college education now is about 3000 percent. That sounds crazy. 3000 percent more expensive than it was in 1970. And that's basically because colleges, they saw that the government said, you're going to be able to get a loan no matter what. And the colleges said, well, hey, this is time for us to cash in. We can charge whatever we want. And instead of having to compete with each other and keep costs low for for students, we're just going to count on the fact that the government is going to pay the bill. So, Brittany, I don't know if your parents have ever talked about, oh, you know, back in my day when I went to college. But nowadays, like I have friends who they have literally like over a hundred thousand yeah. dollars in debt for college. It's it's insane what people our age have have to pay for a product that's not even worth any more than it was before. And I have not not quite six figures, but I have a great amount, and I didn't even finish right because I ended mm-hmm. up uh, dropping out and and going elsewhere and just starting my career. But it's even more frustrating because I'm like I didn't even get my piece of paper. Yeah. So so yeah, it's it's absolutely terrible. But we see this happen in other industries as well. We've talked about subsidies and, and with with farmers who grow certain crops, and and we've also talked about how that affects our health even, but it mm-hmm. also affects the cost of food. So, you know, farmers who grow soybeans and corn, which aren't very nutritious compared to other vegetables, they get huge tax breaks. So this makes, you know, this is why we have so much corn and and soybeans in our economy. And it makes it so they can sell their products for much cheaper. That's why, Mm -hmm. you know, for example, a bag of Doritos, which are mostly corn, might be cheaper than an apple at the store. And, you know, that's causing our health to go down because... What are you going to, you know, what are you going to choose? Yeah. What is cheaper? And families who maybe can't afford to to eat better end up getting the Doritos. Yeah. But it's also why every time you open a bag of chips, there seems to be more air. And that bugs me to no end when you open <laughs> chips and there's like four chips. Yep. But it's all air. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And this is this is something that has been nicknamed shrinkflation. Yeah, I love because that. Because it's, it's kind of like a sneaky way that inflation affects us where these companies are saying, all right. Uh, we can only afford to buy because inflation affects businesses as well, where, you know, if they have a certain amount of money that they have to spend on their supplies, but the the money doesn't get them as far because the supplies are worth more than the dollar um, there. They have to figure out creative ways around this, too. And I'm, I'm not saying that it's good for them to short customers like I'm I'm not about that. That drives me crazy. But they have to find a way to keep their keep their business open. So yep. what they do is they start putting less and less of the product into the boxes of cereal and the bags of chips and that kind of thing, where products are actually getting smaller and smaller. We're getting smaller servings compared to what they used to be, but they're charging the same or even charging more. Like you've talked about the box of mac and cheese. It costs probably about four times what it used to only 20 years ago, not even 20 years ago. So that's another sneaky way that inflation affects us. Um, And we talked about the creature from Jekyll Island. There's actually another great Tuttle Twins book that sort of talks about 
subsidies and what happens when you start messing with the free market. So that one is called The Tuttle Twins and the Messed Up Market. So a couple of good book recommendations if you're interested in this. Like I said, Brittany and I can only talk about so much in 15 minutes, but (laughs) there are all kinds of ways you can learn more. So we will link to both of those books in the show notes, as well as an interesting article about shrinkflation. I love that word. So (laughs) if you want to learn more about that and maybe figure out what products are starting to skimp on you a little bit, you can click that. But Brittany, thank you so much for chatting with me today. And we will talk to all of you guys later. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.